One of these days we'll have an intro to our podcast. It's getting worse. It's actually getting worse. It's getting worse. Guys, confession to make. Have not written a jingle. Have you written a jingle? Have not written a jingle. Because we don't have time don't for it. Don't have time to do it. I love that we were so like, I smell a challenge. And then neither of us have time to go and write a jingle. Who's got creative stores when you have children? We get ambitious and we get in flow and then we realize we have time for nothing. Exactly. But we're here. Welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, aka Gemma Peanut on the gram. And my co-host... Kate the Great. Oh, stop it. Hashtag Kate the Great. Thank you, dear listeners. You've really rallied around me and uh, feeling really special. Guys, you're not doing me a favor by bigging up Kate. You can have the moniker Kate the Great as long as I don't have to be Gem Shmem. You... Put that on yourself. I feel like a fool. I don't want any of this Team Kate, Team Kate business. You can't stop a movement, Jen. A movement is happening. I'm screwed. You can't stop it. Guys, I do want to apologize for how I sound today. I have hectic allergies and my dear darling husband went to Woolworths and forgot to buy me some Zyrtec. (sighs) So I am a puffy face monster. I'm a hot mess. Let's just say that. You've looked better. Thank you. (laughs) How good are besties who just can't hold back their honesty? (laughs) No, you know what I love about you though, Revs? And I can say the same about myself. We are that friend who will tell each other when we have shit in our teeth. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, without a doubt. Or when you hate my nail polish. Or when I hate your nail polish. Speaking of, I got a naked mani, like asked for a naked mani. They gave me a naked mani and then I was kind of mad about it because it looks like I haven't got anything on my fingers. I have to say, I'm slightly disappointed because you you are quite bold with your nail polish choices. I love a nail. Yeah, and I am I feel underwhelmed. Yeah, it's very underwhelming. It's, 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 it's the cool thing. It's what the cool girls are doing and yet... It's not for me. Nah, it's it's too close to reality. You've got to pick your trends, I think. Absolutely. Did you know what I don't have time for today? What don't you have time for? Me hiding my gifts. And now I don't know where the fuck they are. Oh, no. No, it's a disaster. Oh, no. And you know my house. I don't keep a lot around the house. And I legit cannot find a whole bunch of presents. Some of them are for Rafa and Iggy. But I went to wrap my nephew's Christmas present and I bought him a kid guitar. That's not a small object. Wait, you bought a kid guitar for your nephew. And that's a problem because... Do you hate your sister-in-law and brother-in-law? <laughs> I didn't get him a recorder. There's a difference. That is recorder adjacent. <laughs> Everyone knows you only buy noisy presents for kids of friends you don't like. No, she actually said that he wants one. Oh, that she brought this on herself. She totally brought this on herself. <laughs> So I'm in this predicament where I am missing a whole bunch of Christmas presents and time is a ticking because we're inching closer to Christmas and I genuinely have no idea where I've put them. It's like you've still got baby brain. Does baby brain ever go away? I'll let you know. (laughs) Exactly. I am so exhausted. Why does it always fall on me? Can we talk about this? Because my husband... Never is responsible for that side of things. And it kills me. And I go out of my way to empower him as a parent. Like I'm one of those people who has natural inclinations to be a bit of a helicopter mum, where 
when Rafa was first born and I watched my husband do her nappy and I was like, oh, that's not how you, oh, it's really messy. Like, you, oh, how have you, yeah, nah. And I had to have little chats with myself where I said, Jem, let him do it his way and it's okay if it's not your way because I didn't want to create a husband who defers to me for things all the time and then I'll start resenting him because then I'm on nappy duty all the time so I empowered him with being a hands-on dad yet I'm still in charge of lots of little things and I carry this huge mental mother load it drives me crazy even the fact that you thought about how you're not gonna think about it oh my god is a lot (laughs) You're so right. Like he's not sitting there going, I should really empower Jem by providing a more 50-50 parenting approach. I should really just be the dad I'm going to be. doesn't matter if it's perfect. I've got my way. He hasn't given it one thought. Of course he hasn't. He's just doing what he's got to do to like, you know, get through the domestic chores. But this is a man who put a baby in a pram without a nappy on and went out for a walk. (laughs) Didn't he just? And he called me and he was like, babe. I just picked Rafa up out of the pram and I realized her butt had no padding and I'd forgotten a nappy and I'm freaking out and you're going to get mad at me because she'll probably wee in the brand spanking new pram. And I was like, oh my God, get home immediately before she shits herself. Thankfully she didn't, but he was so mortified and it was his first ever real parent fail and it was actually really cute. I bet he never did that again. He has never done it again. This is why parent fails are great. They're here to remind us of things we almost did wrong or <laughs> don't want to do wrong again. A timely reminder. Look, I'm always happy to be a cautionary tale. This is the funny thing about Christmas though, isn't it? It's kind of a little story. So last year... We were in the UK and it's really cozy there for Christmas. So I, being a foreigner, was just leaning into the whole thing and went out and I bought these beautiful velvet fuzzy stockings for everyone with like initials on them. So we had like I for Isla, T for Teddy, G for Grey. And I even bought one for my mum because she was staying with us for Christmas. So she had one on the fireplace as well. And, and a K for Kate, right? Hung them all up. It was so cute. We had like the And fire- you had an actual fireplace? Actual fireplace. Oh, I love that about Christmas in the UK. I know. It was really cold and we had eggnog and mulled wine and the carols and it was just so beautiful and Edinburgh really turns it on. It was like this magical magical Christmas. Feels like a Christmas movie. It was totally a Christmas movie. Anyway, we wake up Christmas morning and everyone's opening things and whatever. In each stocking I'd put just little knickknacks but things that I know they all liked like my hubby's favourite chocolate and Isla was really into these lip glosses and Teddy liked these little tiny cars and things. My mum's favourite snacks and then I just noticed my limp stocking just flapping on the mantelpiece and I was like oh it's empty of course it is because you haven't bought gifts for yourself but of course it was and I I had a little chat with myself as well I was like huh who did I think was gonna fill that stocking (laughs) uh Santa Ovi (laughs) it was just such a wake-up call anyway I did have a word and this year about two weeks ago husband came home with a bag and he's like trust me that stocking will have stuff in it this year and I was like Good. We've all learned from this. Well, he definitely has to learn because your husband is also famously known on Mother's Day of rocking up and giving you servo flowers. Oh, servo flowers would be a win. A couple of years ago, I got, have the day to yourself. I was like, that's not a gift. (laughs) Have the day to yourself while lovely. It's not a gift. I want that in addition to a gift. Material possession. Absolutely. Is that your love language? Do you love gifts? It is definitely one of my love languages. It's the way I show love and 
how I receive it also. Same. And do you know what's really hard is it is the last thing on my husband's love language is oh. receiving gifts. He doesn't care about gifts. And I'm like that needy person who's like gone to all this effort to give him a beautiful gift that I've spent so much time thinking about. And he's like, cool, babe. And then just literally moves on to the. And I'm like, oh, but do you... Like it's personalized, and I like ordered it from this very specific website. And he's like, "Yeah, nice. he's like nice, yeah." He's like, "Great," and I'm like, "Ah!" And then what do you get? Oh, wait, I know. Don't you send links? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he needs full guidance, people. <laughs> so I had a chat with myself, and I was like, "He can do it his way. I'm not gonna nag and have helicopter over him. Here's a link to the gift I want." <laughs> Oh my God, if I left him to his own devices. No, I think it's smart. Then you just get what you want and everyone's happy. You don't want to be sooky on Christmas morning. Look, I'm even brave enough to admit that I don't even send links anymore. I add to cart, (laughs) add the credit card details. I do all of that. The only thing I won't do is wrap it. I leave that. You've got to draw a line somewhere. (laughs) Do you write the card and just get him to sign? No, but can I just say for all my husband's gift buying faults, the man can write a card. Yes. He is famous within my family for being the most incredible card writer. Like he writes an essay and it's an outpouring of love. It's it's beautiful, but it's kind of cute as well because he's got the handwriting of a four-year-old. That is no exaggeration. And he cannot spell, bless him, but it's, oh, it is the thought that counts in the card. Imagine if he made the card half as long and put the other half of that energy into going shopping. That would be perfect. He'd be the perfect husband. See, we've collectively solved him. But this still hasn't solved my problem of not knowing where the fuck I've put all the Christmas presents. Oh, shit, I can't help you with that. I mean, I'm looking around. There isn't many places it could be, except in one of 17 whimsical baskets. (laughs) Um, Speaking of presents, your birthday's coming up. I know, my birthday. I am so excited because my husband has booked our favourite favorite restaurant and we've got my in-laws to look after the kids and then the following day I've organized a pampering session with two of my besties gonna go get our hair done and then after that we've organized a really long luxurious ladies lunch at my favorite kiosk on the spit and guess what what none of it's happening no because of covid oh It's like 2020 sat down and went, there's still six days left. Why don't we fuck up Christmas? Seriously, as if it's not bad enough being born this close to December, we have been COVID free for so long and it all just comes to a head right before my birthday. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about being a December baby. I know. And I talk to other December babies and there's a mutual agreement that it sucks being born around this time of year. So... Any parents who are listening who have kids born in December, please do me a favor and don't wrap your kids' presents in Christmas wrapping. You are the only person I go out and actively search for wrapping for because I know that it's a real trigger for you. If you get a birthday present wrapped in Christmas wrapping, I know it sends you over the edge. Growing up, my mum went out of her way to make sure all my gifts were wrapped in non-Christmas wrapping paper, but I was still a victim of, oh, here's a joint present. Like, victim is a strong word. (laughs) I was a victim of receiving a gift. I'm feeling very triggered and very dramatic today, okay? It's the COVID announcement and I've just, I've been pushed over the edge. Oh, I get it. I felt triggered too. I was like, I did not flee Europe. To end up in Christmas lockdown in Australia. Yeah. It was just last week on the potty we were talking about 
how we felt guilty that life was so good here and so normal. And uh, honestly, it's like talking about your kids sleeping well yes. and you are doomed the following night. We yeah. did it. We jinxed it. So we don't really know what's happening yet, but all we know is there's a small COVID cluster on the northern beaches. We both live in the northern beaches, so we're sort of awaiting Gladys Berejiklian. Oh my god. I can't say her name. I know. What do you call her? Gladys Berkajillian? Yes. I've become really dyslexic over the letters in her name. Berkajillian. Oh my. But I feel like. I know, but I respect her so much. I'm such a fangirl of hers. I need to learn her name. Say say it again. Gladys Berkajillian. Gladys Berkajillian. Oh my God. God. Hang on. No, no, no. Let me. Gladys Berkajillian. See? It's like I have a stroke halfway through saying her name. It's awful, but Gladys Berejiklian. Just call her Gladys, okay? okay? Just call her Gladys. I feel like she's such a sure pair of hands. I am so in love with her and I feel really confident that she's going to sort us out and hopefully it's really swift and they, the contact traces are all over it. But we are awaiting this morning there's going to be an announcement of you know some kind of restrictions probably. So we're sort of bracing for that. <sighs> yeah. But let's not bring down the tone and no. the mood of the potty. We have so much to be grateful for, especially oh living God. in Sydney. We have hardly suffered in terms of, from a freedom perspective. I know lots yes. of businesses and yes. people have suffered personally. There's yes. no denying that and I'm not diminishing that at all. But in terms of our freedom to move, to see family, especially in Sydney for the last six months, yeah. it has felt, well... The term is COVID normal. Yes. And we have so much to be grateful for. And if I was in Melbourne right now, I'd be like, lock the gates. Don't let those dirty New South Welshmen in here. We have suffered for long enough. We don't need some northern beaches person to walk on in here and set us back into another 168 days or whatever they went through. And you know what? They have every damn every right to right. feel that way. Because if Melbourne had another outbreak, as if Sydney wouldn't be like, ba-bow, denied. I did love in when they were announcing the venues, listing off everywhere that people had been so you could get tested if you'd been there. It was like, it's the Av-Ari... The Avalon the Bolo. Bolo. The Bolo. Oh, <laughs> I was like, we're not in the UK anymore. <laughs> you know what? We deserve it. Quintessential Australian. We brought it on ourselves. I love it. I think we do need to just get a bit of perspective here when something like this happens. It's so easy to be like, why not for Christmas? But I saw this really great meme when the UK lockdown started that said, resist the urge to make it about you. And I always think of that. Oh, I love that. Because it's not at all about anyone individually. It's not about having a more low-key Christmas or missing your work party or whatever. We really do have to pull together and behave and do the right thing because there are people who are in hospital. I know. Whose families can't be there over Christmas. And people in aged care, frontline workers again. All these people who have to think about the risks of bringing all that into their family Christmas and whether they can even do that now totally and look I was a bit gutted about my birthday mostly because I was so excited to see my girlfriends wait if I'm honest if I'm really honest I don't know if I was more excited to see my girlfriends or more excited to have an entirely kid-free day I know but you know I got over it yeah exactly I was like yeah yeah that blows but come on we don't have a lot to complain about imagine if you just reinstated your wedding because the restrictions just got lifted for dance floors and you're like cool let's do it next weekend no or imagine if you're waiting to go into labor oh for your first baby that would be pretty scary yeah so just big hugs 
what is Christmas about if not pulling together as a community and doing the right thing? Yeah. So, you know, hopefully everyone can do the right thing and we can just stamp this out really quickly. Well said, Rebsy. Do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? School and daycare emails. I don't read them either. There's so many. So many. And I understand they need to communicate with us. <laughs> but I dropped Teddy off at daycare the other day and they were like, see you next year. And I was like, what, what? Uh, next week. He's got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. And they're like, no, today's, today's the last day. And they looked at me with that look of like, don't you read anything? <laughs> they're like, no. I was like, no, guilty. So now I have a, one more week of work left and my kid at home. Oh God. Isn't it the worst? I just, how are you supposed to, what, what are the hacks and the tips and tricks for keeping on top of these emails? I also got an email yesterday from our class mum. So when you go to school, there's like a class parent. Yes. Um, I feel like you would be the nominated class parent. No, I stay well away from that because I don't have time for it. It's a huge job. Oh, totally. You're yeah. so right. It's just that you were like the prefect at school. And I feel like you're the kind of person who would put their hand up for it. But of course yeah. not, because you have a full time flipping job to look yes. after. I have two full-time jobs. I have my children and I have my job job. Um, and yeah, pre-kids, I would have been like, that's me. I'll be that. Uh, but no, no way. I keep a wide berth from any kind of class parent responsibilities. Um, but I got an email thanking me for the gift what? to the class parent. And I was like, oh, I owe someone money. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> I think the class mum added me because we came in late to the school because we were came from the UK so we came in halfway through the year so I think she's got my address but like no one else does so they've all thanked her and given her a gift and she's thanked me for it and I need to give someone money basically oh god I don't know how to keep on top of all these emails I can barely keep on top of my work inbox I don't know how to stay in touch that we've got multiple apps well this is the thing right because in our parents day there was no email so we used to bring notes home from school like I always remember my mum like peeling a mushed banana like off my excursion form or something and she's like oh great can you not like put this in a clean section of your backpack but at least then they could blame their dirty kids for losing the letter totally I have no one to blame for this total drop of this ball except myself <laughs> so anyway I, I put my husband on the list too because I was like fucked if I'm taking the sole responsibility and he's oh, so yes, good another thing yes another thing he now reads the newsletter and is like isn't it mufti day today and I was like good one <laughs> and actually we were walking to school on mufti day the other day and I heard this dad turn up with his daughter and she was wearing a uniform and they're walking along and he goes uh yep it's mufti day <laughs> and he did a 180 and walked in the other direction and I was like bro I see you <laughs> I see you when I feel you. I almost missed this Mufti day too. As a parent who doesn't have a kid at school yet, are there lots of things? Because I just don't think I would cope. Yeah, and we're not even at the stage where my kid goes on excursions yet. Bring in a bottle for the message in a bottle project. Oh, or... God. <laughs> so outrageous. <laughs> but when I turned up to daycare and realized I didn't have daycare next week, sent me into a tailspin so I really don't have time to manage I need I need a personal assistant no do you know what you need and what I need a wife <gasps> yes oh my god how good would it be to I have a wife a wife but it's interesting because I saw someone tag you on insta the other day and say it's one of those super mums I don't know how she does it now she's got a podcast and I was like we've got to talk about this oh Absolutely, because there is an illusion out there of me being some 
super mom who has it all together and yeah there's like a, like oh she's got it all figured out because you have beautiful squares on instagram and everything's in a beautiful palette of the perfect ochre and the perfect neutral brown the color is pecan oh sorry, oh, sorry. it's pecan but that is just the way you're motivated right like you're an aesthetic person obviously you're a photographer and you have a personal brand so a lot of your energy and your work goes into that image right yeah but Shit falls apart in other areas. It's like Spanx, right? Yes, sure, you can suck in the tummy, but a bit's going to bulge out the thighs. So how do you do it? I don't. (laughs) That's the answer. I mean, look, I have a lot of strings to my business bow. I will admit, I've got a lot going on. There's no denying that. And I'm not here to sort of stick a badge of busy honor on myself. Like Mm. I can't stand when people are like, I'm so busy. And it's like, are you? How are you? I'm busy too. Look how busy I am. Just busy, busy, busy. Like, do you know what I crave in my life? White space in my calendar. That is all I crave. There is nothing better for me than when I get to the weekend and I go, oh my God, we have no commitments, no agenda. The only better feeling than that is when someone cancels plans. Oh my God. And and you suddenly find yourself with a free night or a free day. Oh, like, talk dirty to me. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. That is my love language right there. And when they cancel first, so you still feel good. I know. I know. You're in the good books. Oh, heaven. Heaven on earth. Look, I have a very, very structured work week and my kids have a very structured week of organized care it's the only way I can survive it it's so funny when I reflect back on my years as an actor because my life was very inconsistent like my whole life has been a pendulum that swings between feast and famine like I've literally done the eating cans of tuna with rice every single day scrimping and saving any penny to being really flush with cash and probably being a bit reckless with it because I was young and dumb and full of I won Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Um, Fast forward to my life now in my 30s, I have learned that I thrive in structure and a scheduled life. I would never have said that about myself in my 20s because in my 20s, I was like, I am spontaneity queen. I wore that badge with honor. But now I'm like, no, give me routine. I need predictability. I like to know what's coming. Uh, what's on the horizon, what's next for me. Otherwise, I just break out in like angsty hives. I actually love spontaneity and it's what I dream about. Like that's all I crave is spontaneity. However, I'm the same. Everything needs to be scheduled right down to the minute. I know. Let's share a week in the life of Kate and Jen. Like what does your week look like? Oh my God, great idea. Okay. So I work five days a week. My husband works five days a week. At the moment, my husband works full time from home. So helpful. I work two days in the office and three days at home. So we have three days at daycare and then we have two days of the week with family support. So they go to their grandparents. And what day of the week do they do that? So I've got Monday to Wednesday covered daycare. Thursday, Friday, grandparents. And Isla goes to school. Isla goes to school and then she goes to after school care. Because a school day is nine till three. and That's bullshit. It's bullshit. And this will be an old, boring topic for people who've had school-age kids for a while, but it's not a day. It's not a work day. For them, I'm sure it's a long day, and sometimes I get epic mum guilt thinking, I remember the school day feeling so long, and I was picked up by my mum and dropped off. But nine till three, you can't have a 
you can't do a job from nine till three. God, no. Especially if you're going into an office because the commute and everything. So we have three days at daycare. And just to give you an idea, that's $158 a day at daycare. So that's 1800 plus a month for daycare. And then after school care is $27 a day because it's heavily subsidized. But that's from three till six. So that's what, 540 a month? Wow. On after school care. So I'm, we're spending $2,500 a month on care for our kids. It's crazy, isn't it? But importantly, I like to think of that $2,500K split across both our salaries. I don't just put it on my salary. Oh my God. I'm so happy to hear you say that because there's always an assumption. Like, because I, I hear women say, what's the point of me going back to work when my salary covers just covers the cost of childcare? So I'm basically working for my kids to be elsewhere. And I think, why do we naturally assume that it's on the women's salary to cover childcare? Because that kills me. It is utter BS. Another thing that really grinds my gears, now I'm on a rant, you guys. Oh God, someone stop me. A lot of people ask me what my husband does for a living. And I am always reluctant to give that information out. And the reason being is that in the past, when I have, and I'm happy to share it here on the podcast, but he works in finance. But in the past, when I've shared that, I get this look of, oh, and how's your little hobby business? Like there is this gross assumption that I'm bankrolled by my husband and I am an equal contributor to our household. It's like they get this confirmation in their eyes where they go, oh, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying because I've had people say it to me like, oh, well, Gem can do that because her husband's in finance. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, Gemma built her business from nothing. I talk to my daughter, Isla, about you all the time in this way that there was nothing and now there's something. And that was just because of her and her hard work and her invention. Oh, that warms my heart. I do, because you're you're a real world example to her of a woman who built her own thing. And I want her to know about that. Yeah, Um, same with Rafa. I want her to know that she can create something out of nothing. And have, if she wants. If she wants, yeah. yeah. Like, she doesn't have to. God, no. There's no pressure to do anything. <laughs> I wonder if our kids will be like, I desperately want to be a stay-at-home mum. My mum was so absent from my life. I know. Running around, always stressed. Do you know what? I'm so mindful of that because yeah. I had a workaholic father. Bless him. Love him to pieces. But he put his job first. He is what I would call an employer's dream. Like he would work Christmas Day if an employer asked him to. And, you know, at the sacrifice of his own family. And look, I have major respect for my dad. He worked his ass off to provide for us, but he really was absent. And I felt that absence. And I'm so mindful of that as a full-time working mum to not be absent in my own children's lives. But I am a better mum as a working mum. This is a really hard chat to have because there's so many ways to be a mum, right? So many. Just as there are as many personalities in the world, there are that many ways to be a parent. And some people will really suit being full-time mum, homemaker. My mum was a full-time stay-at-home mum and she gave us the most magical, hands-on, interesting, cultural, extended, loving experience and I often think about that and think oh my kids aren't getting that what my kids are getting is different but it doesn't I don't know if it compares it's just totally different yeah well it's interesting because for the first uh I'd say 14 years of my life my mum was a full-time working mum and 
she, oh God, she did such an incredible job of maintaining a presence with us kids. And that must have been really hard to It would have been in. so emotionally taxing for her, but she did it. Like she was, she was so there. I never felt like I missed her or that she wasn't hearing my concerns at school or, or that she wasn't educating me about the world because she really, she was incredible. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will know my mum because she's featured pretty heavily on there. And she's actually one of the most popular people on my Instagram. Oh, I can see why. People are always like, I love your mum. I love my mum too. Like if I could be half the mother that she was to my kids, I'll feel like I'm killing it. And I have to say like over the new year period, I do want to spend some time thinking about how I can make sure that the time that I spend with my kids really is rich with quality time and that I'm enjoying it rather than them being an afterthought. Cause sometimes yeah. when I get overwhelmed with work and I have time with Iggy and Rafa, I'm not fully there. No. And you can't be, you can't be. And I guess we have to give ourselves a break there and say, we are contributing in another way. And probably a man wouldn't ever feel guilty about this or second guess it if they were out there providing for their family, that that's enough, right? Where I feel luckier than my mum's generation is I have an equal domestic partner yeah. in the doing of things. I know we talk about the thinking of things, which is a whole other thing yeah. with the mental load, but the actual doing of things, completely split. And our approach is to divide everything up evenly and we each have a lane and so that we know oh my god i love that you have lane. a lane we have a lane it's, it's the, the only, only way, way to survive this it's the only way and can i tell you a funny story so my husband now that i've shared that he works in finance so he is hardcore corporate like he is the nine to five he's a suit that's what he does and we have gone through a lot of teething stages in our relationship when we first started living together and then of course you add children which then adds additional stresses and layers to your domestic life and then you add a second child and with every change that happens in our marriage and family life we have to do a bit of a reset yeah you of have duties. to do an audit we do an audit yeah. yes perfectly put and i for ages had bugbears about my husband not doing enough around the house. Now, granted, he is married to a crazy, neat freak, likes everything to be organized person, and I fall apart at the seams when things just aren't so in our house. He's also married to a delegator. He is. And can I tell you how I delegated? Please. So how I actually got through to him was I sat him down and I said, okay, we need to lay this shit out because right now I'm not happy with how things are going and I don't want to be a naggy wife. You don't want a naggy wife. So let's sort this out together. But this is how I framed it. I said, okay, we need to treat our household as a business. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the CEO. Happy to, happy to just take on that role. Um, <laughs> Obvi. Um, but I want to delegate. So here are the tasks. So wait, what's his title? Minion? <laughs> Executive <laughs> assistant. Yeah, perfect. So I literally wrote down our duties and I worked out with him that our marriage would fall apart if I sat here and said, well, he should know oh, to take the bins out no. or he should know to pick up. Like it just, I've just learned my husband well enough to go that he just does not have the initiative to do things. But what he is fantastic at is knowing his job. Yeah. And in our house, his job is bins. That job is fully delegated to him. Great. The next thing, kitchen tidy up. Genius. Fully delegated to him. 
Laundry, my job. Hate it, loathe it, whinge about it every week since we've had Iggy. It's grown exponentially and I feel like I can't cope, but it's my job. I'm okay with that. It was a bit short-sighted to not give that one to him. Really (laughs) short-sighted. Incredibly short-sighted. Okay. Kids' clothes, that's on me. Happy for that to be... to buy them? Specifically... When they grow out of clothes. Because, you know, Iggy, he wears zero to three months, three to six, six to 12. Like, that is a job as a parent. Because your kids are growing at such a rate that it's hard to keep up. And he's not going to think about that. He's not going to get the box of three to six months down and sort through what's going to work for you. Exactly. I do the clothing turnover for growing children. Things like that. Okay. Um, And thank God you do, because we've all seen him dress rougher. Oh, God. It's worse than when she dresses herself. Hashtag dressed by dad is a thing. Ah, It's actually a thing. Dressed by dad. Dear listener, Gem and I have often said to each other, if I die, you must come over every morning and brush my daughter's hair. No word of a lie, guys. We've actually had this conversation. If I die, please send full outfits with Polaroids to my house for every day of the week. And I said to Revzy, if I die, please make sure my children's nails are cut because I don't want my husband to be responsible for having children who have gouged out some poor kid's eyes with their talons because no one did their hand grooming for them. Okay, so in our house, it's less you have a job and more you have a shift. And this was born out of me being up in the night with Isla. I never found it worked to have two tired parents in the morning. So it was like, all right, I'll be tired in the morning. You get a full night's sleep and your shift starts at 6 a.m. And then I get to sleep from 6 till 8 or whatever, you know, whatever work will allow. And then we have certain times of the day. So for him, his shift starts at 6. He gets the kids fed in the morning. He does breakfast. He gets them dressed. They brush their teeth. Make sure the school lunches are packed. I can see why this suits you, by the way, because you're not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. Whereas Hubs and I are both morning people. No, I'm not a morning person. Only terribly exacerbated since having my beautiful daughter who didn't sleep till she was five, which is another story for another time. But I've only become less of a morning person since having kids because I'm often up in the night of course yeah so we decided I would get up in the night because the kids want me in the night and there's no point gray going in and soothing them when they're just like I want mom and I'm lying there awake like just sort it out awake anyway yeah you're awake anyway whereas my husband can could sleep through a war he could sleep through the roof falling down he has two modes on and off (sighs) so which is lucky right I feel like that's most husbands Oh, I know. I saw a great meme once that was like, sleep like a baby. I'd like to sleep like a husband. Totally. Anyway, so he sleeps in the night. If the kids get up, which is less these days, but I'm not going to jinx it. Um, I'm up so that he gets up with them at six. At the moment, it's more like five, five fifteen. Oh, God, tell Don't me know about why, it. but they're both, up, me. they're both up in the early fives. So he gets up, feeds them, gets them ready for school and gets them out the door to their places. So that's great for me. I get up at seven, get ready for work, and I just go to work. I don't have to feed anyone. I'm, so good. Obviously, I'm not a dick about it. If someone's shoes need to be on and they're right there, I'm not like, well, it's your shift. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I will do things. But then my shift starts from pickup until bedtime. So I pick them up from wherever they are. I do dinner and it's my mental load to think about what's for dinner for them as it's my husband's to make sure there's breakfast stuff in the house. Um, I do dinner and then we, I do bath famously with wine and then I put them in their jammies. I do the stories and then I put them in to bed and then I usually cook our dinner, but that's because I'm a control freak <laughs> and my husband has two meals and I only like half of one of them. So oh my God, my husband does all the cooking. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I can't do. I, yeah, nah. 
Yeah, I'm, we've been a bit into like the meal delivery stuff lately because I just can't handle it at the end of the year. Which I get. Yeah. I'm, I'm keen for that. Yeah, and it just takes it off anyone's shift. Totally. Um, but actually, my husband does the laundry. Good. I know. You say that so with such good. guilt. Well, I'm, now I'm stacking it all up. I feel like I don't do enough. <laughs> Thank God. Like now I'm laying it out and feels comfort inequitable. <laughs> I think, hallelujah. Like how 2020... The Australian census has shown that women in this day and age are working more because there's more of an expectation to have a dual income household to survive the cost of living in Australia. So not only are women working more, which I think is great, but they are still carrying the weight of the domestic chores. So women are more stressed than ever. Because not only is there the mental load, they're now carrying the workload, the parental load, but also the domestic load. I know we talked about how we sat down with our partners to discuss the share of the domestic chores, but the census shows that a lot of households, that is not the case. Yeah, And, I and can, it's not fair. It's not, but I can also see how you can get in a rhythm and just stay in it because you're just going day to day, right? Like it's really smart to sit down and do a chore audit. I know, but the chore audit came because I reached breaking point. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I, this is the reason I breastfed my firstborn to sleep for so long. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, tomorrow me can worry about that. I just need to go to bed right now. Totally. So yes, it's always good to have a plan, but sometimes it's just so hard to implement it in the rush of life. But just little things I feel fall off the edges. Like I was talking with my friend the other day, the good mum, about of just this sleep routine that my three-year-old's going through. His sleep has gone a bit to shit. And I was like, what do I need to do? Because he's dropped naps now. So he's like a total out of control, nutso child for the last part of the day. Oh, and he'll just make it to bed. But if he has a nap, he's not doesn't go to bed till like 11. And he's still up at 5.15. So then he's just it's ruined. Such, it's such a catch-22, isn't it? That when to drop the nap or when to keep the nap. Because I am in the thick of that transition now. And it's I don't want to give up the nap because I kill for that two hours hours in the day but yeah Rafa's starting to resist bedtime and I'm like oh shit well because I have an older child who doesn't nap we may as well have two kids up like we don't Ah. there's no we don't really miss anything see whereas for me I've worked so hard to create the tandem nap with Rafa and Iggy in the middle of the day and it is two hours of bliss yeah sometimes I utilize that two hours fully and get on top of all my shit or I spend two hours mindlessly scrolling Instagram. Amazing. Whatever helps you get through the day. Yeah. Anyway, we were workshopping ideas about how to help him get back on top of it. And she had the great insight that he's probably overtired. And that's why he's still waking early. And then, you know, so maybe if he maybe if he can't do a nap, he should go to bed early. Like go to be in bed sleeping by six. And I was like, I barely get them home before six. Because oh, I'm from where? From all the places. Oh. So I've got to leave the office, scoop up Teddy from daycare, then pick up Isla from after school care, and then I've got to get them inside, and then I haven't even started dinner. Oh, God. So yeah. then I put dinner on, and then the dinner bath, and like, we all know it takes forever and it's boring, and when they're tired, it takes longer, and they're floppy, and you're like shoving food in, a fa- in their face and like begging them to just stop crying. Totally. And that's this is post six o'clock. So the idea of getting them into bed by six, which is definitely probably what he needed. It was not something I could carve out for him. Because I've done this before, I know eventually he'll just adjust to his new routine and he'll be fine. I know he doesn't need the nap anymore. I'm really confident about that, but I think he's just going to have to go through this awkward transition phase and we will come out the other side. But yeah, we're deep in the trenches with that oh. one at the moment. But I did, that was like, oh yeah, I should be able to do that for him, but I can't 
rearrange our life. Oh, mama, sending courage. It's so tough. So tough. So I guess I never feel like I've got it all handled, ever. There's not a single week where I go, you know what? We nailed this week. (laughs) Okay, so talk me through your schedule. How do you guys get through the week? So on Monday, both of my kids are in daycare and I work a full day on Monday. And on Tuesdays, my mum, oh my God, saintly mother, has Rafa. So I look after Iggy. She looks after Rafa. I can get bits of work done that day. Wednesdays and Thursdays, both kids at daycare. So I get two full working days. And then Friday, (laughs) the day of the week that I dread the most because I'm often tying up loose work ends on a Friday, but I have both kids at home. There was a time where I was like, no, I want one day of the week where I get to hang with my children, but it's just become a shit show. Oh my God. And shout out to all those mums out there who have two, three more kids on their own every day of the week. Uh, Seriously? Major respect. Major respect. Because work for me is a respite. Yeah. Oh, it's so much easier to go to work. Way easier. I find parenting exceptionally hard. Harder than anything I've ever done. Same. Okay, so you've got three full days of care and then sort of like a half day with your mum. So it's funny because I I work at the frequency of five days a week, but I actually can physically work in the day four days a week. Right, and then you do stuff at night. Correct. Yeah, I do that too. When in your schedule do you make eye contact with your husband? Excellent question. Um, Because I have... No time for my husband. Well, I've mentioned this before on my Instagram. I'm pretty fluid in the day when it comes to my kids' nap schedules. On the weekend, for example, like if we've got like a friend's birthday party or whatever, I'll be like, eh, nap schmap. I am militant when it comes to bedtime. My kids have a hard 7 p.m. bedtime. I just, I can't do it. I'm really selfish in that way. I need that 7 o'clock bedtime because... As soon as it ticks to 7.01, I can actually exhale. I can breathe out the day. You know what? That's my wine. Yeah. That's the moment where I go, ah. Yeah, it would be really bliss if you just added wine to that moment. (laughs) Oh, the high you'd be on. You just float away on a cloud of happiness. So then at 7 o'clock, we have two children in bed. Hubs cooks dinner. We sit down, eat dinner, make eye contact, and then watch our... Whatever we're watching on Netflix or usually we share an ice cream. So you don't do work in the evenings? Yes, I do. But okay, damn it. (laughs) So I often get the kids into bed. We have dinner in front of the TV and then I'm like, I just got to do a quick email. And then it's 10 o'clock and I've worked till 10. I would say time to go to bed. Okay. So the only time I make eye contact with my husband is when we're both eating dinner. Okay. When our hands have a knife and a fork and we can't physically hold a phone at the same time or do any sort of work. And yeah, so that... Do you sit to a table to eat dinner together? Sometimes sit on the couch in front of the TV. We sometimes sit at the kitchen island. We we sometimes sit at the dining table. It it varies. Okay. I think that's what I need to do is just sit at a table with him. Yeah. I think you'll notice a difference. It has to get to breaking point for me to book a babysitter. It's something we, when we were in the UK, because babysitters were so much cheaper, we had a standing Friday night babysitter booking amazing. and it was amazing. So even if we had no plans, we'd just go grab dinner and sometimes it was only an hour and a half. Oh my God, we, you should totally incorporate that into your Sydney life. I know, but it's $26 an hour for a babysitter. How much is it in Edinburgh? Oh, 
I'm talking like 10 pounds is expensive. Yeah. You go out for three hours here. It's like $75 plus the Uber plus the $150 dinner when you just got two tacos and a margarita. Dinner would be more affordable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could easily spend 25 pounds on a great dinner. Anyway, so it becomes like prohibitively expensive. Plus, we're super tired. I get I get the exhaustion. Like sometimes you're like, I just don't want to go for date night. And sometimes the effort of getting ready, as we all know, I find that hard. <sighs> you walk out the front door and you're like, I'm fucking pooped from doing my hair. I can't make conversation. <laughs> so true. So basically, in conclusion, we don't do it all. We don't have it all handled. We just get week to week, right? Correct. So Rebsy. What's your hashtag not sponsored for this week? Okay, hashtag not sponsored, a book. Ooh, I love a book, Reco. And if we do find ourselves back in lockdown, it's going to be the perfect thing. It's, it's called Saturday Night Pasta Ooh. Oh, by oh, Elizabeth Houston. Yes, I know this book. I have it and I love it. And it's just all about the ritual of making your own pasta and feeling the need and making dough from scratch and like getting family and friends which that part won't apply but getting your kids involved and around a table and making food it's a snack activity and just a feel-good situation so I got mine from booktopia but I think you can get it anywhere such a lovely beautiful book and also would be a good gift your turn. What is your not sponsored? Well, if I'm honest, I kind of want it to be Zyrtec because I would kill for some Zyrtec right now. I am struggling to breathe. Oh, dear. So my hashtag not sponsored is a podcast. Yay. Um, it's called Beyond the Bump. It's hosted by Sophie Pierce and Jade Cordwell. And basically, if you want to hear about good mums giving some really good, solid chat on parenting with guests they are the people to go to. They also have a sprinkle of humor on the side as well, for sure. And it's a good time. So go check out Beyond the Bump. Can never have too many podcasts. And cue the outro. Oh, I'm liking this. Ba-dum, boom, boom, boom. One day we'll have an outro. We'll have an outro to our podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. We really... Really went rogue there. I am into it. You know what I have time for? Your outro. I love you, bestie. Dear listener, right after we recorded this podcast, we were put on a stay at home order on the Northern Beaches for three days. So we have been churning out our podcast because we know you guys want them at the moment, but who knows where this is all going. We'll try to keep them coming, but just know we are here with you in lockdown. So jump on our Instagram and we'll all get through this together.